0: everybody. How we doing? Welcome to Wednesday night service. I realize that I'm eight seconds early, but we, who could use eight extra seconds of church? I know I could. Dylan can. Come on. Yeah. Praise God. We're gonna have an awesome time tonight. We got some interesting uh summer weather. Some rain came. Thank God it wasn't super hot. And I was really looking forward to getting to church because we have air conditioning at this church, not not swamp cooler. So I'm like, yes, we can beat the humidity together and we don't have to be afraid so God is good to us let's go ahead and we are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America can we stand up together tonight praise God we're going to stand up together and we are going to speak some words of faith because we are seeing America come to Jesus who believes that with me yes we walk by faith not by sight all right let's say this together We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right. Well, let's go over a few quick announcements here and then we'll get into some other good stuff. But I want to remind you that uh, we have had some people sign up to help out with our janitorial department. And so I'm just going to keep pushing it for a little bit that if if you think, hey, I could help out with that, or God's speaking to your heart, grab that sign up sheet back there and sign up and, uh, and help out a little bit. Uh, because as I've said, we've got a lot of buildings and property here, and it takes a lot of hands to make this thing go. And so if you're like, hey, I could donate an hour a month to God to come vacuum then come on you sign up and help us out a little bit with that and we've got some people helping but i super appreciate that and on that note while uh while we're on the cleaning note just a friendly uh pastoral reminder it's uh we love church amen but church is not a movie theater now when i go to the movie theater sometimes i just leave my coke uh, cup and my popcorn bag there because i'm like hey they're gonna clean it well oftentimes after the church services i know this is a shocker People just leave their water bottles and their tissues and their papers all over the church. And so just a friendly reminder that if when you leave, you could take maybe your water bottle with you, that will mean that we're not rushing to do it right before a funeral or something else like that. And then we can take a deep breath too. So does that sound like a good idea? We could all take our water bottles and trash with us. Amen. I don't think that's asking too much. So thank you very much. Another great announcement. We started this past Sunday, our Sunday morning lift Bible class in the office building. And so every Sunday morning from 9 to 9.30 is just a half an hour. Uh, we have a Bible study class going on. We're working on the book of John. One chapter a week. Austin Brady's leading that for us, and you can discuss, you can ask questions, and just enjoy studying the Bible together. It's also a good way to to reach out and meet some some friends and some new faces at church, and just get to know each other better. So that's an awesome thing. Sunday mornings, 99:30. And here's another announcement. Um, in July, July 17th is my dad's 70th birthday. He's going to be turning 70 on July 17th. And so uh, the very next day is uh Sunday, July 18th. So for the nighttime service, uh, we're going to be throwing a great big, barbecue party for my dad. Amen. So uh, I want everybody to be there. Please be there. Everybody. So Sunday night, July 18th, uh, no Sunday night service. It's just going to be a great big party right here at the church celebrating. Uh, my dad turning 70. So I'm really excited and proud about that because, hey, a couple years ago, the devil was saying he will not see 70, but he is here and he's alive and he's well. Give God some praise for that tonight with me. Amen. I'm glad that my dad's alive. So we'll have some more details on that coming up. And another another big one, okay? Who's ready for some big breaking news? Hold on to your seats. Some of you might fall out. I don't need any injuries in here. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, so the High Desert Word Center t-shirt contest is coming back in july yes now some of you have been here for this some of you have not been here when we've done this it is an intense competition uh and and it coincides with the olympics whenever there's the olympics we have a t-shirt contest where you get one of the church t-shirts and you got to take the most impressive pictures you could take and put them on your social media and tag us in it and then at the end we pick a winner the last winner was actually adriana right there come on there's adriana she won uh sixteen dollars in cash sixteen dollars, and also uh, I forget what else we gave her uh, I, there was a what was it what was it? okay, a pack of gum and sixteen dollars cash sixteen and some change. We had some coin in there. It was whatever I could gather from my couch, but it was awesome, and she was blessed and it was worth it and so uh, so there will be a cash prize again and and I, I heard a rumor that it 's going to go up possibly. 18 maybe $19 so yes yes you want to be in on this so it's coming it'll start July 23rd and uh, and and that's because that's the night that the Olympics open up and so it'll run for a couple of weeks there and I've already heard some people saying they've got some ideas and some of these ideas are pretty intense so everybody needs to be involved and it shows people that you love God you love your church and we have a great time doing it and we also find out who the competitive ones are in here it's, it's really a way for us to identify who you are. Can I get an amen? All right. (laughs) Very good. Well, with all that being said, lots of fun stuff happening. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time, and so if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving, and we're going to open our Bibles to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, yes, you better get excited about the Word tonight, because we're bringing the Word here in about 15 minutes. Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10, and this is one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. I love Psalm 34. But Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10, I'm in the New Living Translation, the NLT. Verse 8 says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is there anybody in here tonight that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Amen. You taste, he's that living water. He's the bread from heaven. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Well, what does it mean to fear God? That's It means a whole lot of things, but one thing it means is obeying God and obeying his word. And so if I fear God, no doubt about it, if his word says, bring the tithe into the storehouse, you better bet I'm gonna do that because I reverence, I respect, I fear him enough to obey his word. And when I do that, I will have all that I need. Verse 10, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. Do we have any strong young lions in the house tonight? I saw Walter over there. He was flexing earlier. He's like, hey, I'm a strong young lion, baby. All right. But listen, hey, sometimes they go hungry. But, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good. Good thing. So I encourage you tonight that as you are a tither, as you are a giver, as you are an obeyer of the word of God, you will have all you need. Amen. And you will lack no good thing. God will provide. God will make sure every single time that you've got what it takes in the provision realm to make things happen and live your life. Amen. Let's stand up and we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Amen speak these words of faith, and then we're going to worship God. Amen. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings that increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
1: Feel free to join us at the altar and worship together. Sing Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up His name with joyful praise. Sing of His sweet salvation. Morning to night and day to day. up your voice and thank Him, our God provides our every need, worship the God of mercy, who gave His life to set us free, our God is greatly to be praised, nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace great, our God is great. Shout to the God of triumph, let every tongue proclaim his praise in the resurrection in Jesus Christ true of rules and reigns our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to him the god of glory and of praise our God is great our God is great our God is greatly Appears to Him the God of glory and of grace Our God is great, our God is great Creation joins to praise Him Our Our God is great, our God is great The sinner found salvation Our God is great of Christ proclaimed. it, our God is great, our God is great, His of shouts and sings it. our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised, nothing in all the earth compares to Him. Great. Our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him The God of glory and of praise. Our God is great, our God is great
2: God is the one who gives this life. Thank you, Jesus. And you are great, Lord. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope. and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will Joe
0: up your name tonight. And Lord, every good thing we have comes from you. We can say that just like David said in the Psalms, Lord, every good thing we have comes from you. Even the breath in our lungs so we will use that to praise you with, God. We will use that to bring you glory with, Father. Not bring you shame, Lord. May we guard the words of our mouth, Father, that we would bring you glory, that we would use them for blessing, not for cursing, that we would not bring shame to you, Lord. Uh, thank you, Father, that we will use our breath, we will use our words, we will use every bit of our lives to praise you and honor you and bring you glory, Lord. We love love you and it's all about you we ask you tonight to have your way in the name of jesus do what you need to do say what you need to say just have your way father god we love you and we are grateful to you thank you jesus for all that you are in the name of jesus hallelujah can we give the lord some praise tonight amen 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 you can be seated what a great time of of praise and worship together And, you know, I was just telling someone the other day, man, Wednesday nights, hey, you've been out there in the world all week letting them throw stuff at you. It is a good idea to come to church on a Wednesday night and get cleaned up a little bit, get refreshed, just being in the presence of God is refreshing and and there's you know there's just something about that that uh, the people in the world they don 't understand it they don 't know why you 've got to go to church, but listen, when you are in here singing the praises of God in the and the anointing of God just letting the anointing rain on you and wash the crud off from the week, and then it prepares your heart to receive the word of God within the next few minutes it 's a powerful thing that they may not understand, but we get it right we know what it 's all about. And that's being here for Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take we're going to do a textual study. All right. And um, and so there's different types of sermons. Tonight is going to be a textual uh, sermon. And what we're doing is looking at Psalm chapter one. So you can throw that up on the screen there, Blake. And we're looking at Psalm chapter one, the first three verses. It's a short little chapter, but it is a very, very good chapter for you to know. And I remember just as a little kid, you know, I, as I, as I read verses and chapters of the Bible now, uh, I have flashbacks to being a little kid and my, my dad and my mom teaching me the Bible. They took the time when I was a little kid to teach me the scripture. And I remember my dad teaching me Psalm chapter one, uh, when I was probably four or five years old. And I had this thing memorized in the King James, alright? In the King James, and so it was just my parent and I'm so grateful uh, that I have parents that that taught me the Word of God. And so what I'm encouraging you, parents and grandparents, is this: teach those kids the Bible. All right, it'll come back to them. Maybe they'll be a preacher someday. Maybe they won't. But that word will not return void. Amen. It will accomplish and be fruitful, just like Isaiah promised. And so. You've got to teach these kids the word of God. And so I'm very grateful that they taught me Psalm 1. So what we're going to do is look at Psalm chapter 1 tonight. Amen? All right, Psalm chapter 1. And I'm going to look at the first three verses in the NLT here and then we are going to break down uh, some different points directly out of the text, all right? And and this is very, very good teaching uh, that David did right here. King David wrote this, and it is very, very good for you to know. So Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, "Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, all right? So, of course, the King James says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But look at this. It says, Or stand around, with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse two, but they delight in the law of the Lord. That means the word of God, the Bible, they delight in the word of God, meditating on it day and night. Well, I meditated one time last month. Is that enough? Well, no, you need to be meditating day and night. Verse 3, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Now, the next few verses tell you what it's like for the wicked, but we're going to be focusing on right here uh, the the the, how you can avoid being in the crowd of the wicked, all right? Uh, because I don't, uh, there's plenty of wicked people out there. Have you noticed that? There are some wicked people out there, and there are some twisted things that go on. I mean, I don't need to talk about that. I hear about it all day long. And in fact, I mean, the Bible tells us, Isaiah said that in the last days, they're going to call good evil, and they'll call evil good. And that's how twisted and backwards the world will be before Jesus comes back. And you look at the world right now, and it's absolutely incredible. The things that we've always been taught were good, and the Bible says are good. They're like, man, that is evil. That is bad. You don't want to, yo, that is bad. And you're like, wait, but the Bible says that's good. I don't care. That's bad. And then the things that are evil, we're like, well, you stay away from that. That's evil. That's not evil. That's good. What? Is it opposite day? What's going on here? Because it's reversed. But the Bible told us it would happen. And so my point in saying all that is this. There's plenty of wickedness out there. And, and you don't have to go real far to find it. But I'm talking about how to avoid it. I'm going to talk about how we can be like that tree planted along the riverbank. Who wants to be like a tree planted along the riverbank? Bearing fruit each season, your leaves will never wither, and you will prosper in all you do. All I do, all you do, if you'll do what this tells us to do right here, all right? So let's pray, and then we're going to get right into point number one. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that we have a church to come into and learn the word of God together. Lord, we thank you that we have an air-conditioned church in the middle of the Mojave Desert. That's a great thing, Father. And Lord, I pray tonight that as we study your word, you will open our hearts and you will show us what we need to see. Correct us if we've been wrong, Lord. Encourage us if we need encouraged. Do what needs done tonight. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Alright. Number one, don't take advice from the wicked. <laughs> I mean, that should not be that controversial of a statement to make. Uh, but that's right there, Psalm one, verse one. Don't take advice from the wicked. Now, to some people, this sounds like a very obvious statement. And to others, it sounds like a bit of an extreme statement. But I can tell you this right now. I will not take advice from somebody that goes against everything that I believe in and stand for. Like, well, I know, but this guy, he's just my financial advisor. I know that he's, you know, a backwards atheist that hates God and churches, but, but he, he knows a lot about money. Find a Christian one, man. I, our marriage is falling apart and we're going to go to, to this counselor over here and, and I, he's not a Christian guy, but run from him. Find a Christian one. My kids are going through it right now. and They, uh, find Somebody that's a Christian to get your advice from, but don't go to the wicked for advice. And that should not, I mean, that that should not even be controversial to say, but somehow it seems to be in this day and age. I've seen good Christians follow advice from people that don't even know Jesus, and it has shipwrecked their life. I'm, I mean, I am, I am very serious. People that were at one point good, god-fearing christians and well i know but uh, this guy he may not really believe in the bible but but you know he says this or but 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 it's my cousin and you're gonna take marriage advice from your cousin that's never even been married and been with you know (laughs) come on i mean i'm not even going to all that but seriously you're gonna take relationship advice from someone that's been a failure at relationships and doesn't even read the bible Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's, all right. So, but I'm telling you, if you're in a trouble situation, I see this all the time. People like, well, I mean, I need, I, it's, I've got to make some decisions. I'm in a tough spot. They'll come and talk to the pastors and, okay, you know, well, what what do you think that the Bible says I should do here? Then the pastors will give them advice and, and like, okay, okay. Then they go out to, you know, to their friends that aren't saved, or to their, you know, their uncle that, you know, is laying in the ditch drunk or whatever, and then, and then go to, you know, whoever, and well, let's see what my favorite celebrity thinks about this, because we all know celebrities just, if they can dribble a basketball, that means that they're really smart, right, and that they know about very deep topics such as politics and other world events, so we should take their advice, right? Thank you. <laughs> No, it doesn't mean that. Listen, I'm talking about going to the godly. Because I guarantee you that if you come to the pastors and then you go to your, you know, your, your cousin that's out stealing cards on the weekend or whatever, doesn't even go to church, you're going to get heartfelt advice probably from both people, but it's going to be very different advice. Why, well, why would you say that? Because, man, I've been in ministry for 14 years as of Memorial Day Sunday this year. And I have seen – I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two in 14 years, right, just like those farmer's insurance commercials. And people come in, and, 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 and it's astounding how people, born-again Christians, will go to wicked people for advice and then wonder why it all falls apart. I'm just trying to help some people tonight. I Listen, it's not that I need more people coming to me for counseling because I do not need that. But what I do need is Christians obeying the Bible, st- standing on the Word of God. And so, uh, you know, I was just thinking of this kid that was in my youth group years ago. This little fella, he would just go to anybody. He'd come straight up to you and man, you know, I've got this going on with my girlfriend and like, well, you know, here, brother, here's a Bible verse Then he, you know, he'd go to every single person in the room for their advice. Then he'd go out to, you know, his family and all the, and I'm like, dude, don't even ask me what I think about your situation. If you're not going to receive any of the Bible that I give to you, because if you're getting advice and you're letting people speak into your life, From 20 different angles and 20 different belief systems you're going to get 20 different pieces of advice and you are going to be an unstable and confused and very dizzy person spinning in circles wondering who you should listen to hey in fact i'll just save you a whole bunch of trouble just go straight to the word of god and you will find the answers that you need most of the time just on your own without even ever having to you know come talk to somebody else but hey You know, if if you're still needing a little extra, then come on, we'll help you out, all right? Now, it's a good idea to get advice, right, when you're facing something. But as I said, it needs to be from a godly person. And I would also put this out there, all right? Just stuff that was coming to me earlier today as I was reading this and thinking about it. There are people that wear the badge of Christian and have the title of Christian, but that doesn't always mean they're a godly person. Now, I can't be the only person that's met somebody that said they were a Christian and then they weren't actually, a you know, a godly person. Right. There's a lot of people that say they're a Christian. And Jesus put it this way. He said, you can judge a tree by its fruit. Right. Yeah. No one can judge me. Well, Jesus said, I can judge a tree by its fruit. And if you say you're an apple tree, but you're growing oranges, I got to call your bluff and say that, hey, something ain't right right there. And so what I'm telling you is this, is before you allow another person access to speak into your life on a deep level, judge their fruit. There are some people that they know all the right Christian words to say when they're in here. And then when they go out there to Fort Irwin tomorrow or the Marine base or the railroad or wherever it is you are, they know all the words to say in front of those guys too. I'm just, hey, and so I'm trying to protect you because Proverbs 4 tells us to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It affects everything you do. And some people are giving a lot of others access to speak into their heart, to speak into their life, and they are ungodly people. They may know the same Christian songs you know. They may know some of the, but guess what? Listen, even the devil knows scripture. Just because someone can, amen, brother, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, listen, a lot of people know that verse. (laughs) That's a nice thing. I know athletes that quote that verse and then go and cuss people out on the playing field. Listen, big whoop. That's nice that you know that verse. But even the devil knows scripture. Even the devil brought scripture to Jesus Christ when he was tempting him in the wilderness. Well, if you are the son of God, why doesn't it say that you could turn these stones into bread? Doesn't it say uh, over here that he will order his angels to protect you? Satan quoted Psalm 91 to Jesus Christ. You don't think that some backwards, ungodly person that wants to have some access into your life could quote a few scriptures to you and not have the right intention. So what I'm saying is, yes, it's great if somebody quotes scripture to you, but I want to follow Jesus' advice and judge the fruit before I allow you to speak into my life and before I would take any advice from you. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we want to see some godly fruit, not just words. As the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. And uh, let me show you here, Proverbs chapter 12. Can we flip over to Proverbs chapter 12? We learning anything tonight so far? All right, all right. Proverbs chapter 12, and so we're just trying to encourage you with some teaching from Psalm 1, a wonderful, godly, wonderful, wonderful chapter of the Bible. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. Read this in the New King James. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. It says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You ever notice that, that fools, they always think they're right? Even if it's obvious to everybody else, like, man, that guy's a fool. But he will still come in and try to just tell you how great and how smart he is. Come on, listen. Listen, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. And so that's obviously talking about godly counsel, not the counsel of the fool. So it is scriptural, and it is good, and it is right to get godly wisdom and godly counsel from people that have godly fruit in your life that's a very good and smart thing to do as long as you're not following the advice of the wicked as david said in verse one i remember before i got married i talked to a lot of godly men that had good marriages that for advice i thought that was a i you know i was 18 years old but i'm like hey i want to find some people that have done this thing right and i mean i love to see somebody that's just been married for a super long time. And, you know, when I do funerals, I've seen people married like 60, 65 years. And I mean, that is just, that is my goal, man. You know, Katie and I, when we got married, are like, we want to hit 70 years of marriage or maybe, you know, if it lasts longer than that, maybe 80 years of marriage. I want to break the world record. I think that would be so cool. But, but listen, I didn't go around talking about, well, hey, you've been married six times. You've had to learn something. Tell me, tell me what your secret is. I don't want to know your secret. Listen, or maybe you could listen to somebody like that and find out the wrong way to do it. My father-in-law used to tell me that, hey, nobody's useless. Some people have to serve as the wrong example. So just cut them some slack. I'm like, okay, father-in-law, that's good advice. But, but anyway, uh, another good reason to be in a good church and actually go and be a part of a church is you're surrounded by godly people. You can get godly Advice, you can have godly conversations and and uh, iron sharpened iron when you actually go to church. When you actually go to a good Bible church, that's yet another great reason for that, all right? So, talking about how we can be that tree by the riverbank, number one, don't take advice from the wicked. Number two, don't stand around with sinners. Don't stand around with sinners, now, I get it. To a certain extent, now there's a fine line on some of this. To a certain extent, we need to have some friendships with people that aren't Christians yet. I get that. Even, Je- you know, people will be quick to point out, well, Jesus ate with, you know, the tax collectors and the drunkards. Yeah, but those weren't the main people that he spent all of his time with, right? There is a time for that. And if you are a good, solid, strong Christian, there is a, there's room and there is a proper place for having Unsaved friends that you can be the influence on, but you have to be careful that you are the one having the influence, and they aren't the ones having the influence on you. Because I've seen that a lot of times, man. Where, well, you know, I just I want to reach these guys, and and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some. Hey, if you're strong enough to handle that, by all means, pray and do the right thing. And I know you know. We've got to be around unsaved people, but you need to make sure that you are the one being the influence. And I'll say this, your closest friends should be Christians. I will not back down from that statement. Your closest friends should be good, godly, Christian people. No doubt about that. No doubt about it. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 we gonna look at verse fourteen. We'll see what the New Testament has to say here. Second Corinthians six, and verse fourteen, Amen. But there is there's the proper balance of being an influence and having relationships with people that are not Christians yet, and then knowing when you need to guard yourself. Second Corinthians six fourteen. And the King James says, "Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers." Most of people in 2021 don't know what that means. So listen here. Here's what uh, the New Living Translation says. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Now, I mean, that's, that's solid stuff right there for any good relationship I mean, I would not enter into, I wouldn't go into business with someone that's not a Christian. If I was going to be investing in a business, if I was going to, you know, you know, start a business with somebody, it would be with a Christian. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I am not going to team up with an unbeliever. I'll be friends with unbelievers. I'll witness and I'll influence and I'll love them and and bless them and do everything I can. But I am not going to team up with with an unbeliever, and, and, and be a co-equal with somebody that doesn't even believe the Word of God. Now, you usually hear this verse when it comes to dating relationships, and that's a good place to apply this. A Christian should never in a million years date someone who is not a Christian. I would like a louder amen than that. All right, say it like you mean it. That was cute. Amen. All right, listen to me. Never, ever... Ever, 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 ever. If you are a child of God, listen, do not enter into a relationship, a romantic, potentially marriage relationship with somebody that is not born again. Ever. It is doomed from the start. Well, man, you're being mean. I'm not being mean, man. I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. Listen to me. We've seen this happen so many times and so there's this phrase that they taught me in bible college that some people like well listen i think that if i would start dating her she would start coming to church and really god's using me to date this hot girl she's hot but god's using me to be a missionary in her life and get her into church baloney you just think she's good looking (laughs) and listen we call that missionary dating that's not a good idea Don't team up. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? It can't. It's doomed from the start. Don't even go there. And if you think that's kind of harsh, here's what James had to say about it. Look at James chapter 4. James chapter 4. But I'll say some of the most sadly miserable people I know are Christians who married non-Christians. That's, I mean, that's just that's tough, man. And I'm, I'm sad. And if you're married to a non-Christian, and I'm not, you know, we're believing in the name of Jesus that they're going to come over and they're going to receive Jesus Christ and and be a disciple just like you are. Amen. Absolutely, we're believing that and standing on that with you. But it is godly advice if you're a single person to not even entertain the thought of dating somebody or getting into a relationship with somebody that is not even a child of God. And so if you thought Paul was harsh in 2 Corinthians, you probably won't like what James says. James 4, verse 4, he said, you adulterers, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, You make yourself an enemy of God. I mean, there's a lot that you can dig out of that verse right there. That's that's hardcore. I'm just going to be real. That is a hardcore, difficult verse right there. And does it mean that we can't have any friends who aren't Christians? No, it's not saying that. But it does mean that if you are letting their habits start to overtake you and you're starting to be like them, and you're not making them be like Jesus, you are entering the danger zone. And there's no other interpretation to this verse. There's no spin you can put on it. There's no other possible conclusion from what James is saying than this. Friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Now, it would be bad enough to not, you know, just, it would be bad enough to, uh, not be on God's team or whatever, but that, that's bad enough. But to straight up be a full out enemy of God. Whoa, I would not want God to look like, hey, that's one of God's enemies. Like, whoa, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go too much into this tonight, but that's a powerful statement. And I would avoid everything within my being to not be on that list of an enemy of God. And you know, that. And this is written to Christians. James is written to, to Christians. This isn't written to to the heathens and to the unsaved world. This was written to Christians, and 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 so I know this much that if you would, if it's more important to you to be popular with the people around you than it is to be popular with God, you are on the road to friendship with the world, makes you an enemy of God. If you care more about everybody else's opinion, then you do God's opinion, then you're on a dangerous, slippery slope right there. Now, I'm not the one to judge and say when you've crossed that line, but apparently there is a line there that you can't cross and go over from not only, you know, you're not in good standing with God anymore, you are a straight up enemy of god and i don't seek to be there i want to be a friend of god like abraham was called a friend of god i i want to be on god's good side i want to be in his family i want to be his son i want to be in the secret place of the most high i want to abide under the shadow of the almighty and it's okay with me if all the world doesn't like me but if jesus likes me i can live with that right there But I have no interest in everybody out there. And there are Christians. There are preachers in our day and age that, and I see it, man. I've seen some famous, you know, preachers, sadly, take the fall over the last couple of years. And these are guys that, you know, they had 5 million Instagram followers, but they weren't really following Jesus. And that's a bad spot to be in. And I don't ever want to be like that. I want to be on the right side of jesus and his word but according to james friendship with the world makes us an enemy of god and so just keep in mind that as we balance this thing out ask yourself the question am i the one influencing these people or are they the ones influencing me and if you're being influenced by ungodly people whether it, well, I don't hang out with them. We're just on the internet together. I don't care how they're influencing you. Listen, that leads to no good. You better guard your heart above all else. And you better guard who you allow to have access and influence into your life. There are a lot of things that I've cut out of my life. I'm just going to get real over the last few years. And one of the big things is a lot of sports. And I loved sports. I enjoy them. I like them. And I have found out that a lot of teams and athletes and people that I looked up to and respected, even since I was a kid, they are ungodly people. Just flat out, flat out ungodly people. They stand for things that I flat out can't agree with. And so I never thought I'd see the day. I I straight up unfollowed my favorite NFL team the other day because on June 1st, they lit up their logo in rainbow colors. And it wasn't for the covenant out of Genesis chapter 9. It was for Pride Month. And I'm like, you know what? Forget you guys. I don't even care anymore, man. I don't even care. if you I don't even care anymore. You know, whatever. And, and, and there's so many, man, just so many people that, you know what? If friendship with the world is going to make me an enemy of God, man, keep your – you know keep your stupid football whatever i don't care i don't care but i care more about being on the side of god than about anything else in this world and the things that may seem like they matter a lot right now a thousand years from now if i'm at the throne of god i'm not going to care about this stuff i'm not going to care about who won the world series i'm not going to care about who you know who won the whatever, Grammy Award, whatever. I don't even care if I'm at the throne of God hanging out with God the Father and Jesus Christ himself. I would rather cut some things out right now and be in heaven than be on the wrong side of things in the end, all right? So number three, why would we say uh, the first two things we've said? Because number three is this, don't join in with mockers. Don't Join in with mock. Well, I would never do that. Well, just bear with me for a minute. First of all, what in the world is a mocker? Who even says that? What is that? A mocker is someone uh, who makes fun of something that they don't agree with, right? Or or somebody that mocks something. Well, I don't get that. You know, they, they mock it. And there are plenty of people in this world that mock Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and they mock our Christian beliefs. They don't just not agree with it. They go out of their way to make fun of it and mock it. And yet there are Christians that still support these people and still look up to them. And they are literally making fun of you and mocking you. And yet you're you're still like, well. I know, but I man, he, he's so. Cool. I don't get that. They're mocking my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They make fun of my Jesus. Yeah, but they're super good at this. She's the best singer in the world. I don't care. There's a lot of good singers, but there's only one savior. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. There's a lot of good point guards. There's a lot of good whatevers in this world, actors and, and great people, but there's only one Lord and savior. I found him and he found me and I am not going to sit there and just let you mock that and, 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 and scoff at that and me still be around you and support you. I will have nothing to do with a mocker of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Now, there seems to be a progression of events. If you really look at this, Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, there seems to be a progression of events spelled out in this chapter when you look closely. It seems that the warning Psalm 1 is giving us is, number one, to not take advice from the ungodly, because when you begin taking advice from the ungodly, you will begin standing around with sinners, And when you begin taking the advice of the ungodly and standing around with sinners, you will eventually join in with the mockers. It's a progression. Nobody just goes from being an on-fire born-again Christian to being a mocker and a doubter and a skeptic of the Bible. What do they do? They start listening to and taking advice from ungodly people. Then they start hanging out with them and standing around with sinners. And the next thing you know, it's a progression. Next thing you know, like, you know what? That is silly. Why would, why would the Bible even say that? It's 2021. Come on, We're going to take advice from a book that was written over 2,000 years ago. That's just silly. You become a mocker yourself. What a spot to be in. And I mean, no doubt about it, a mocker has to be an enemy of God. That's not even a stretch to think about. So don't join in with mockers. Look at Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. I promise I'm here to encourage you tonight. I really am. Proverbs 13, verse 20. And it tells us this. Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Sometimes people are like, I don't know how all this happened to me. Well, maybe you were associating with fools. I don't know. Maybe you were. Maybe you weren't. But that's one area to definitely look at. When you walk with the wise, you become wise. Have you ever noticed, honestly, when you hang out and associate and surround yourself with godly people you become more wise you catch things off of them you 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 know toss some good bible stuff to them you encourage each other you become more wise you're a better person for having associated with those people and then if you associate with fools you just start to find all sorts of trouble coming into your life well, i didn't ask for this but when you associate with fools you get yourself into trouble and that's why i encourage you man come to church have friends from church. Have, I mean, well, I know, I'm, I don't know. Man, listen. You need godly friends. And you, first of all, you need to show yourself friendly. Don't sit there and complain, I don't know. I don't have any godly friends and no one talks to me. Then you need to go talk to them. You need to show yourself friendly. But you need to make an effort to obey the word of God and find some godly friends and get good godly wise people into your life you need to do that that's the bible and you need that in your life and so i i encourage you man we've got a lot of different small groups popping up now katie my wife has this great tuesday night women's thing going on all these ladies are Coming over and hanging out, they come at six. I split. I don't want to be there for some of the stuff you ladies talk about. Y'all get in some anyway. So I mean, I, I'm gone, but they got that going on. We got the Sunday morning thing going on. We've got a prayer group going on. We've got we've got all sorts of things. We got a Thursday night Zoom group going on. You need to find a way. Well, I just I don't know any. Uh, I, there's no. Uh, listen, I'm taking away every excuse. I just listed five different areas that you could instantly. Be around godly people instantly in a small setting. I'm just saying, I'm here to help. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm here to help you out. I want to help you out. <laughs> all right? And so let's look at our last one, number four. All right? So we are just talking about don't follow the advice of the wicked. Don't stand around with sinners. Don't join in with scoffers and mockers. But number four is this. You need to delight in the law of of the Lord. Delight in the law of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, the law of the Lord is Scripture. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. It's exactly what David talked about. Listen, you're not going to find the word Bible in the Bible. It's not in there, but I still believe in the Bible because the Bible is real, and it's true, and I own several of them. But listen, you're going to find the words like the law of the Lord, the Word of God. You're going to find all these different phrases for it, but... If you want to be that tree by the riverbank, you're going to have to delight in the law of the Lord. And to delight in something means that you actually spend time with it. I love the Bible. Well, how much did you read this week? I didn't read any this week, but man, I love it. I'm not buying it. <laughs> when you love something, you will find any, any possible way to make time to be with it. I was thinking about this the other day. I went on my uh, my senior trip, okay? <clears throat> we had just graduated. Well, we hadn't graduated, but uh, they let the seniors out of school, right, like a week or two early. And so all of my class, uh, we went down to Louisville, Kentucky. And, and anyway, we were out of this. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but it just popped in my mind. So bear with me. Story time with Pastor Dave, okay? And so I didn't have a cell phone, right? I wasn't a cool kid. I didn't have a cell phone yet. And and so uh, I, to talk to Katie, we are dating. The only way I could get a hold of her was to actually walk to a pay phone that was a couple of miles away. And she had to go to school at like 7 a.m. So we're on this senior trip, and every morning, man, I loved Katie. And I, I still do. And I love her. And, and I delighted in her. And I just wanted any possible way just to hear her voice. Even if it was just for a few faint moments in the morning. And so... You know, all my friends are laying there snoring and, and you know, sleeping in and being stupid. And, and I'm like, I would get up, you know, 5 a.m. and and get dressed. And I would walk down a few miles to the little general store because we, were, we weren't in Louisville. That's a big city, but we were outside of it. And so I would walk and get down to the pay phone and, and deposit my quarter. And, and I would call her and, and and listen, why did I do that? because I delighted in her. I wanted to be around her. I wanted to hear from her. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted her to talk to me. And to this day, man, I love Jesus and I love the Bible so much that I will do nothing before I spend time with Jesus and the Bible. And if that means, hey, and I'm just, I got a bunch of kids. I'm not one of those guys that can just sit there and get deep, heavy revelation from scripture with four kids chasing each other with pinwheels and, you know, golf clubs and throwing, I, some, some people, I, a lot of moms, they can tune things out. I, as a guy, I can't do that. I've got to have like focus on the scripture because I know Katie, she can be there writing a sermon and there's kids going crazy. I can't do that, man. I've got to have peace and quiet. And the only way to get that parents is to get up before they do, because once they're up, it's over. Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? Some of you are staring at me. I don't know why you're staring at me because you know it's true. Thank you. Walter knows. If I go to Walmart, because I go early, I go at like as soon as they open, which these days is 7 a.m. And so, but hey, I don't want to, I want to get in and out and I want to go by myself. And every time I go at opening hour, I see Walter because he's doing the same thing I'm doing. (laughs) Every time I'm like, hey, there's Walter. Every time, because we are on the same track, aren't we? (laughs) Praise God. So, but what I'm saying is this, is when you delight in something, you will do anything it takes just to get some time and make time with that. If you delight in your video games, you'll tell your friends, no, I got to play tonight. You'll tell your, you'll make time to play your PlayStation, won't you? I don't know. I know. I love the Bible. I just don't have time for it. That's a lie. You've got time for what you want time for. And if you don't have time, you'll make time. And I found out that the only way for me to get the time that I need for Jesus is to just wake up before everybody else does. And so I will do without sleep if that means what, it's the, what it takes to get a hold of Jesus. And, and, and why is that such a serious thing? Well, that's delighting in the law of the Lord. That's making time for it. And that leads to this Psalm 1 verse 3. Last thing we're going to look at. Psalm 1 verse 3. These people that delight in the law of the Lord, these people that don't take advice from wicked people, that don't stand around with sinners, they don't join in with mockers, but they delight in the Bible. These people, verse 3, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. They, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I sure want that. Well, then you're going to have to do what it takes to get that. There's a lot of people that they want the blessings. Oh man, I want those blessings bad. I want the peace of God. I want the joy of the Lord. I want the blessing of Abraham. I want this. I want that. I want all of that. But you don't want to obey any of the scriptures that tell you what to do to get those things. You're going to have to delight in the law of the Lord. You're going to have to do what it says if you really want to receive these blessings. And notice that it tells us right here, you will prosper in all you do. What a promise from God. What a promise from God for him to say that if you'll do this, you will prosper in all you do. And so I am encouraging you. I am challenging you. I'm telling you tonight, man, that Psalm 1 is a power-packed chapter of scripture right there. And if you will just take, that's not complicated. That is very simple advice from the Bible. If you will follow that advice right there, you are on your way to prospering. You are on your way to blessing. You are on your way to allowing God to have his way in your life. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Who received something tonight? Who's mad at me? All right. Well, usually there's someone around here. I don't know. All right. Very good. Well, praise the Lord. Well, we're going to pray over you tonight, speak some faith over you. And we want you to know, man, that, that we love you. Can I say that? That we absolutely love you. Katie and I, Josh and Julie, my parents, the Samples family, you are very loved. And uh, some every now and then, I just try to just remind you of that. I know that I, I don't always show uh, I don't show a lot of emotion, uh, but <laughs> I don't express myself very well. I don't uh, you know share my feelings. That's not the type of guy I am. I'll share the Bible, but not my feelings. And uh, but I want you to know we love you guys so much, and we are so blessed to have you guys as our church family. You're the best people in the world that I know, and we love you so much. All right. Amen. Well, I want to pray over tonight. Can you raise your hands? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for everybody that's here tonight and Lord, everybody that's even watching us and joining us online. And God, we've seen some things from the Bible tonight and and that may have seemed like a lot to take in, but God, I know that there is some very serious instruction from the scripture for us that we just read. And God, we know that you wish above all things that we would prosper and be in health. Lord, that you, you want good in our life, not evil. You've got good plans, not bad plans. And your only thing is you're wanting us to listen to your word and obey your word. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you've spoken to us tonight and that God, we will listen, that we would not be so full of pride or, or so full of foolishness that we would say, I don't, I don't need that, I, that's not for me. Lord, it's for us. It's the Bible. And God, I pray for everybody in here tonight in the name of Jesus, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength that they would walk in their covenant promises of healing and prosperity, Lord, and that their homes would be filled with the love of God between their marriages and their children and and anybody else, Father, that they are just a blessed people. We are covenant people. We belong to you. We thank you for that, Jesus. Give us the chance this week to do your work. Give us the chance to be the light of the world to Barstow, and we won't let you down, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? amen? All right, all right, all right. Well, we love you. Uh, be here Sunday, all right? It's going to be an awesome service Sunday, and we got some good things I was telling you about, all right? Uh, so pay attention to those announcements and stay in the loop. We're a family. We need to be there for each other, all right? Let's speak these words of faith over Barstow together.